Welcome to Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Tuneo Fujiwara. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, how are you, Ben? So Tuneo is, he has a, an amazing role right now. He is a Gartner Fellow. He's part of the Gartner Fellow Program, and he's getting to spend his time looking at the dynamic equilibrium in globalization and really kind of all of the big issues that we're facing as we rethink or re-see, re-envision globalization going forward. Uh, Suneo has an incredible career uh, working with CIOs at some of the most incredible companies in the world, including MetLife, JP Morgan, UBS, CityHub. So we'll probably touch on some of those ideas, but, but we'll also be talking heavily about the topic of globalization and uh, how in some ways it's being challenged right now. And, and in some ways it's really critical that we find a way to work and build a better globalized model going forward. With that in mind, though, before we get going on that, um, Suneo, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. All right. So um, a little bit about myself. So I'm speaking English right now, but my native tongue is Japanese. And uh, actually, I, I was raised in three different continents. So if, if you consider Japan a continent, that's where I was, I was born, of course. But uh, I only lived there for the first two years. And from two to eight, um, I grew up in Dusseldorf, West Germany. At the time, it was still West Germany. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to Japan. Uh, this is all through my, my, my parents' uh, um, work. Uh, but anyway, from eight to 14, I was in Japan, in Tokyo. And then from 14 onwards, I lived in the United States for about 35 years before returning to Japan. So that's kind of where I've lived. And uh, my career, uh, ever since graduating from MIT in 1989, um, I've been in IT department of uh, financial services companies or working for a consulting company uh, and uh, helping uh, or advising companies on IT uh, issues or helping implement IT solutions. So I, I would say that now with this current fellowship, you're, I, I'm jealous. It sounds like you get to really study a very fascinating topic. Tell us a little bit more about uh, what you're working on right now. Sure. So uh, right now I'm actually working on, well, in one word, it's globalization, but it's actually the impact of geopolitics uh, in globalization. So for the last 10 years or so, uh, the state of globalization hasn't changed much. So since about 2008, after the Lehman shock, we, we haven't really globalized, and a lot of indices are there showing that. But right now, we, we're living in an optimized world where all the supply chains have become so efficient globally. It's very much optimized. And when something like COVID hits, uh, mm. which was last year, it disrupts... Uh, you know, not only the uh, the supply chain, but it also disrupts a lot of uh, 
nations, um, cultures, uh, people becoming nationalistic, um, and uh, also it uh, starts breaking a lot of other stuff. And uh, what we're studying is what's the impact of those other stuff that's uh, you know getting in the way uh, of globalization, and where is the equilibrium state of the reglobalization that's occurring? Mm. Um, and uh, I think just to put it a little more vividly, um, technology, for instance, with all the digital sovereignty, data protection laws uh, that's coming on board. If you're a multinational company, can you afford to have like one global, you know, co common architecture that's been optimized? Or do you have to have like different local operations where confidential data, personal data is kept in that nation and does not go outside? In that case, what you do is your email. It has personal information and you're sending stuff, you know, the information back and forth. Um, so uh, right now, uh, the governments are keen on trying to start regulating and taxing services, which they were not really good at. They were very good at taxing products, but now they're also getting into services and also data. So mm. where is that going to take us? That's what we're studying. Yeah, I, I mean, you are looking at, I'd say, one of the most critical issues that touches all of our lives. Uh, any, any person that works in business and any person that uh, literally is active in, in any form or fashion on an international level has seen some of the traditional ways that globalization has been challenged over the last couple of years. And it, it does seem to me that we're now experiencing a moment where um, it's almost like a, a drift back to a pseudo-isolationist uh, model and thinking. When you think about some of the key things that are happening today, what stands out for you as a, a good example of some of the challenges that we face? Well, the easiest challenge is, have you traveled internationally recently? I'm a bad example, as you know, uh, Suneo, I travel quite a bit. So I have actually traveled internationally. And, and you're absolutely right. It has been more challenged lately than um, over than ever before, for sure. And and I would say that you have a lot of a lot of people that whilst there's a desire to travel, um, there's a hesitance, a, a huge hesitancy. Um, and certainly, uh, since we're speaking to you in Tokyo, you've been at the center of of everybody's television watching over the last several weeks as we've enjoyed the Olympics. Um, but that's an odd thing. There, there were no uh, international spectators, correct? No international spectators. And a lot of the events were closed. So it was just the media uh, that was captioning, uh, capturing the, uh, the events. And also every day next to, you know, how many gold medals, silver medals and bronze medals were won. You know, we were actually watching how many uh, people tested PCR positive, right? And that number kept rising. So uh, it was quite a, a, you know, quite an interesting event. And now that it's over, uh, we lost, you know, the Olympic uh, bit of the news. And all we're hearing now is back to how many cases of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you raised one of the key topics here, which is there are many uh, positives about globalization, but there are also 
it's important to make sure that we think locally and nationally as well. And it's really a discussion around balance and and coordination. And and I think that the challenge right now is, um, you know, we're seeing the rise of technologies, uh, rethinking on finance, your own finance background, uh, just to take a topic like the cryptocurrencies that have have captured the imagination of so many around the world and how that really challenges uh, traditional banking systems, right? Um, how do you see us finding our way through this 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 moment where we, I'd say, see a lot of pseudo disintermediation, pseudo challenges to come to some type of a equilibrium or another a new a new balance, so to speak? Uh, so, so the world is going to be in a bit of a uh, let's call it. It's, it's, it's going to have its learning curve and. Uh, whatever we knew as standards before like for instance you just went to the bank and exchanged currency or you you, you basically got uh money in the uh you know local currency of where you're visiting um what is that local currency going to be uh, it could be cryptocurrency right uh, but more importantly what could be interesting is especially if you're a business person can you actually exchange money that's become the question, right? So now it's very easy to just exchange the money. Or if you invest in a foreign country or foreign uh, um, corporation, it's fairly easy to take the money out. You know whether you you win, you know you win more money or you lose more money. Um, that may not be the case coming uh, in the in the future. So there are a lot of different angles to watch out for. Um, so that's the financial integration bit. And, and yeah. transportation, we talked about supply chain, we talked about, yeah. but the one that's getting the most attention right now is information. And so tell me more about that. What are the key topics there on the information front? So on the technology front, um, for for many years we actually had the telephone, right? So you could make international calls. That was easy. It was taxed heavily in the past. So uh, before the internet. It was costing, you know, basically a big chunk of money. If you had, you know, if we had this kind of call, uh, you know, over uh, a telephone line, it could have been costing thousands of dollars. Now, now it's virtually like, you know, virtually free. But what's happening to like the data that we exchange? We're exchanging more and more data uh, online. And once government starts taxing whatever we exchange and, and go back and forth across borders, um, it, it's going to become a nightmare for global corporations, right? Mm. So that's that's uh, you know that's what's happening to technology: the uh, digital sovereignty, data sovereignty, and data protection. So, if I'm a Japanese national, my personal identity, confidential data, all that stuff, should it really? Okay, does it have to remain in Japan? Mm -hmm. And and uh, if it has to remain in Japan, okay. So for global corporation, um, what should the HR system do? Right. What and happens the idea, if I, the idea really on the geographical barriers are correspondence to local laws, really. Exactly. And efficiency, I mean, it's obviously, um, I would say from a technological perspective, inefficient to do things that way. But 
Um, certainly, as, as our legal infrastructure has been defined by geography, how do we get around that? And that's basically uh, the contradicting part of the mm -hmm. world, right? So if each nation starts defining their own law, which contradicts against each other's law, um, which law do you follow if you're a U.S. company? Naturally, you have to follow U.S. laws. But you also operate in China, right? Or you yeah. can be also operating in Europe or Russia uh, or Australia. And they might put up their own laws, mm -hmm. which is actually starting to happen. So in that case, what do you do? Um, so that's what corporations are struggling with right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I've seen it, obviously, with uh, things like GDPR in Europe, where uh, certainly even with our own customers, you know, customer data must be maintained in Europe, right? Um, and making sure that you, you correspond appropriately to all of those rules and regulations. Um, and certainly as that evolves and, and, and takes shape in other markets as well, that will be a new challenge. I would say it's interesting. A, a lot of the policies seem to have some level of commonality. I mean, I would say that a lot of the CCPA stuff that we're seeing in the U.S. that you know really I think follows the Europeans. The Europeans seem to be um, be taking on the role of the I would say like the the judicial the judicial branch of the world, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know if that's correct or not. What do you think of that? No, actually, yeah, I think it's not just the U.S., but uh, not just Europe, but the U.S. has been pretty good, right? And uh, if you're a uh, U.S. citizen working abroad, uh, Uncle Sam chases you everywhere, right, in the world for <laughs> making sure that you pay the taxes. Absolutely. So that's been kind of like a U.S. thing uh, in the past, but now almost like every other uh, nation is trying to do that, right? So uh, they're, they're trying to control, uh, you know, their their citizens, so to speak. It could yeah. be your regional citizen. Um, so, for instance, if China starts doing that, China has a population that's five times the U.S. And a lot of Chinese people are living in the U.S., for instance, right? What do you do? Like, are they really going to chase them uh, and, and make sure that the data remains in China? Also, um, that you're conforming to the Chinese laws and, and only using, like, let's say, for lack of better words, uh, I'm using, you know, WeChat, not WhatsApp, right? That kind of stuff for social, social network. So uh, it's not going to be easy to enforce. It's also going to be contradicting each other. So uh, that brings a, uh, a, a complex dilemma. I can't wait. Uh, I'm hoping that a book comes out of your research, Suneo. Um, it sounds fascinating. Let me shift a little bit here and just ask you more on the last couple of years as we've been living through this pandemic, you know, how you've been operating on a day-to-day -day and, and you know, what have the challenges been and what have been some of the positive opportunities that have come out of this? So the biggest positive uh, that I see from the, the COVID pandemic is I'm not traveling, right? So uh, I can do my work from home. And I, I know there is debates going both ways, right, uh, of uh, this hybrid workforce or remote working, uh, depending upon who you talk to. Uh, some some chairmen and CEOs want their workers back in the office. Uh, some don't. 
And uh, there, there are also studies that showing, you know, that's 40% of the people will be changing their companies if they force you uh, back to work or back to the office. So um, it's, it's really interesting to see um, that we've proven that work can get done over the last two years, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I must admit that what we're, we're finding right now is companies and even our company comes out of the pandemic in certain geographies and there is a desire to reconnect. Finding that the magic word of this conversation, Suneo, seems to be balance. You know, finding that balance between this new ability to work at home, but also, also kind of finding the right structures to come together is going to be probably the, the magic for most companies and trying, it will be different for every company, for sure. Right. Um, it's also going to be different for every individual, right? Of course, you know, it, once you were like a platinum yeah. member or diamond member of an airline, I'm sure you want that status back <laughs> yeah. after uh, the COVID is over. Yeah, I guess so. The one photo that I see in social media that I'm always surprised about is when I see old friends and colleagues post pictures of themselves commuting back to the city on trains and almost with a, a glee, a shine in their in their eye and their smile. And I don't know why anyone would want to, I'd say, romanticize commuting. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's nothing good about commuting. I know, um, but we missed it for like two years. So, so it is nostalgic. And it, it actually, the face-to-face, the value of face-to-face is, is definitely there, right? So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, so, we, you know, Sunea, we've been talking about a, a lot of key issues around this larger topic, which is globalization. If we were to kind of look at the next six months, the 18 months, what do you think are going to be the key, perhaps uh, micro issues related to globalization that will be be top of mind for, for all of us? So. The, the micro issue on the ground, especially for the IT folks, the technologists, is how, how do you actually um, conform to all of the new regulations? Some of them have come out uh, and some of them are still up for interpretation. Um, how, how do you respond to that it is going to be hitting a lot of the CIOs. And also at the same time, CIOs are getting, being hit with uh, the sustainability bit. Uh, which has a clear uh, goal uh, in, in a lot of countries uh, towards 2030. So uh, th- those are, you know, uh, those are the complex issues uh, that are more on the ground. You know, do, do I actually uh, change my applications um, for each country uh, if you're a multinational organization so that they conform to the local laws and they're much more localized operations? Uh, are right you when you look at Sunea, when you look at some of the the products and tools in the market that are coming out to assist with that? Are you concerned? Are you are, are there some winners out there, or are we well away from having some good products that help us manage that kind of globalization? So unfortunately, there are no global winners. Um, so uh, in. in uh, if you go back two years ago, you know, there were clear winners in the world, right? Like, for instance, mm-hmm. uh, the Enterprise Resource Planning Package, um, SAP has been the clear winner. Uh, the mm-hmm. the uh, Customer Relationship Management uh, 
package was clear winner was Salesforce. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, uh, SAP is German. Uh, Salesforce is, you know, American. Uh, so um, I, I'm sure it's a matter of time before the other regions start restricting uh, the same way uh, that Huawei was actually restricted from the United States. And of course, uh, a lot of the uh, allied nations uh, to the United States followed suit. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a, an, interesting, an interesting couple of years on the globalization front. Suneo, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. Yeah, um, thank you so much, Ben. If someone wanted to reach you, Suneo, where should they find you to ask you some of the questions about what you're working on? Well, I'm in uh, LinkedIn, I'm in Twitter, so uh, it's fairly easy to find me, actually. Great, great. Well, we've been speaking to Suneo Fujiwara. He is a fellow, a Gartner fellow, and he's part of their fellowship program. And he's focused right now on the topic of globalization and looking at the dynamic equilibrium that we see uh, on the global stage, in particular focused heavily on the information technology space and how that will be impacted. And certainly the last two years with the pandemic has shown a, a bright light on some of the challenges that we have with globalization. And certainly over the next couple of years, I would imagine we're going to see more and more challenges and way people rethinking many of the elements here. Uh, Suneo, thank you so much for sharing with us some of the things you're working on. Um, and I look forward to finding out more in the future. Okay. Thank you very much, Ben. Have Cheers. a great day. Thank you.